Today on the Tin to All podcast, it is episode 500. We are loaded with guests today, including multiple 1012 network podcast hosts like Adam Eaton from Sons of UCF, Scott Wildcat from Bosco's Boys, Gerald Goodridge from Longhorn Republic, and more. Plus, returning guests like Liz Marquez and Christine Butterfield and Shahan J. Araja, Ari Temkin, and many more. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. They want you to be the best-dressed fan this season, especially if you're a Big 12 fan, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off your school spirit all season long. March Madness is just about here. College baseball, college softball going strong, college wrestling coming to a close, and football season will be here before you know it, so you need to go to charliehustle.com. You need the promo code 101215, T-E-N-1215. That's T-E-N-1215 for 15% off all non-sale items. They've got every current Big 12 school minus Cincinnati. They've got Colorado. Don't worry, they're working on Cincinnati. They're working hard. So go to charliehustle.com. Use that promo code 101215, 15% off all non-sale items. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. Welcome to episode 500 of the 1012 podcast, the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Podcast Network. Find every show on the network at 1012network.com. And we are partners with Sports Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for, I think, the most loaded show we have ever done. And when you reach episode 500, and I really debated and went back and forth on whether or not to like try and do something big. Um, we're already like behind on recording this, so the schedule, uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, we have a loaded show. Now it matters. <laughs> it, 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 what matters is that we're all here together. And I mean, I mean loaded. Um, right now, I've got three guests I'm about to introduce, and we're going to have, I think, at least eight to nine more people popping in throughout this show, if not more than that. I can't even remember. I, I'm, I'm so like, I, I figured out that like once I start recording, like I get, I, I'm like a black hole and like all the peripheral stuff. It's, it's terrible. I'm like Will Ferrell in um, old school when uh, he goes and gives the the debate speech and completely blacks out. That's what happens when I start recording. So like, I don't, I don't remember <laughs> any of this when we're time we're done. Um, wherever you are listening, whether you're listening to a podcast forum Leave us, do us a favor, leave us five stars and a review. We would really appreciate it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we don't typically post the video from all the episodes, but today this one felt like we needed to do so, especially with as many fantastic faces who would be appearing with us today. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe. We try and keep up as many interviews and things on the show uh, here on the YouTube channel as possible. We're kicking things off right now. We're going to talk some Big 12 hoops. I am excited to kick things off with first off friend of the pod, Liz Marquez of TCU 360 and D210 Sports. Liz, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Always excited to be on here. Always a pleasure to have you. Uh, we have also the former host of the Midwest Madness <laughs> podcast. She left us a while ago, but she never truly left us for good. Uh, she is Christine Butterfield. Thanks for having me on again, Philip. Always good to come back and support you guys and happy 500 or yeah, 500th episode. Mm-hmm. 500, yeah, thank you. And uh, 
sons of UCF contributor and future Midwest Madness post uh, podcast host. Once I actually take the time to get that all set up, he has been Hazel. Thanks for having me, Phil, and uh, thanks for having me on such a special occasion. Five hundred—that's a big deal, man. Congratulations. Thank you. I, know, I appreciate that. I really do. And it's always a pleasure to have you guys here. Uh, we're going to start by talking about the bubble. Obviously, the tournament is is just weeks away. Like we have two weeks left in the regular season. We're going to have the Big 12 tournament. And then the dance is going to happen. So we've got to talk about the teams in the Big 12 who are going to actually get in. Now, most brackets at this point are projecting nine teams from the Big 12. We're hoping for 10 or 11, fingers crossed. I, we'll have to see whether that happens. Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name a collection of teams that I believe, as of right now, are locks. I want any of you to tell me if you would disagree with this list with someone who shouldn't be or if there's somebody – we'll talk about the other ones in a minute. If there's anyone who you think is not a lock as of today, let me know. Houston, Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, Texas Tech, and BYU. Anyone disagree with any of those? I don't think nope. so. Great. Love having consensus. Perfect. Okay, so the teams are either projected in or at least on the bubble that we want to talk about today are Texas, Oklahoma, TCU, and Cincinnati. I'm sorry, Kansas State. I'm sorry, UCF. I, I think you're too far gone at this point, barring a run through Kansas City to win the tournament. So of those teams I named, Texas, Oklahoma, TCU, most projections have them in. I don't think I can't find one that doesn't. Cincinnati, that team kind of waffling at this point play down the stretch who is in and who is out of those teams for you and i don't mean as of right now i mean do you think who will make it and who won't Liz, let's start with you well i'm gonna go with tcu only because right now i feel like they are clicking at the right time they had a little bit of defensive trouble building that defensive identity early on in the season and i feel like right now is when it's a great time that they're clicking on that side of the ball and they have such great people on offense. Look at Trey Tennyson, always hitting threes. Chuck O'Bannon has stepped up really well, but also Asam Mustafa is one of the guys that has stepped up really big for us recently. So I think if they continue to have them perform the way that they have been and putting up a fight, especially tomorrow playing Baylor who they've had in triple overtime, so I think they're just clicking at the right time. And if they can get the big win tomorrow, the sweep, I think that's pretty good momentum to head into the tournament. Christine? I think that um, if Oklahoma does well in the rest of their schedule, they could definitely make sure that they stay in. Um, unfortunately, they're playing at Iowa State and – that is not an easy place to play in Ames. So that's going to be a rough one. They're hosting Houston. So there's a possible chance that they can win that game. But versus Cincinnati at Texas, I like those odds for Oklahoma. And if they're able to come out with those wins, it, I think it'll be just enough for them. Um, and then you have Cincinnati, who's really on the bubble right now. And it could just be that this schedule is a little bit too much for them. I think that their most recent loss was rough to TCU and losing to Oklahoma state is just not really convincing for the committee. And so they could have some wins later on to get, you know, Kansas state, West Virginia, but I can't see that really being enough to get them into the last four in category. All right, Ben, your thought. So I really am interested to see what Texas is going to do down in this stretch. 
um, when I look at this bracket, I mean, it's so deep. I think like nine wins almost guarantees you in. So TCU, I got to say, is a lock. Um, Cincinnati, I look at their remaining games. Uh, with it being so tight, I kind of start to look at what the non-conference brings for some of these teams. When you talk about a Texas, a Kansas State, a Cincinnati, and only Texas brings in a, a decent win non-conference. Kansas State is that big win against Villanova. I mean, they have an opportunity against some of these ranked teams. I mean, in this conference, you're not really going to have a, a stretch of easy games. So, you know, you can really play your way in from any of those teams. Uh, I think Texas has some some things that they can do with having Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Oklahoma to finish. Um, but they got some tough road games in the stretch. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a toss-up, but I think Texas has a leg up on those three teams between Kansas State and Cincy. Um, and I think Oklahoma and, and TCU are, are well positioned because you get to that nine mark, I think you're in. Yeah, you get to 500 in the Big 12, I, I think you're fine. And I think TCU sitting fourth in the Big 12 right now at eight and six. Yeah. I, I have a hard time. Like, I, I, I know they're not technically locked up yet, but I have a hard time seeing TCU unless something just ridiculous happens, not make the tournament. You're you're at eight wins with four games to go. Baylor at BYU at West Virginia and UCF. Like TCU's gonna hit the nine win mark. I, I would I would say I feel almost comfortable calling them a lock, but they're not yet. I feel pretty good about Oklahoma. Uh they're they're seven and seven. You've got to win two down the stretch, you think, at least one. You don't want to go one and three down the stretch. That's not going to look great in the committee's eyes. You'd like to at least go two and two. For Cincinnati, the, the thing is this. There are three instances of a Big 12 team getting into the tournament with a 7-11 and 11 record. Only three times has it happened. Um, Cincinnati the pool is really deep this year. I'm not sure that's going to be enough. Like going two and two down the stretch. I'm not sure that's going to work. We've got at Houston, Kansas state at Oklahoma and West Virginia two and twos. I don't know that two and two is going to do it. Even as good as the big 12 is, they might have to go three and one. I, I just, I, I think once you lost the last two losing at home at home to Oklahoma state and then, um, I can forgive the road loss at TCU. Losing at home to Oklahoma State, that was one you could not have. And so I th- I kind of feel like that's the loss that sunk them. Like even with, with two weeks left to go in the Big 12 tournament, I think that's the loss that may have sunk their postseason hopes. But the crazy thing is, is that if they were to go get those three wins, they have the perfect teams in that group to do it, right? Like Houston, at Houston, all right, we can call that. Just say that's just what it's going to be for most teams. But <laughs> Kansas State at home, you could get some mojo with that one. You're at Oklahoma. I mean, they're not world beaters by any means. And then you got West Virginia to close it out. So, like, they could. And as long as you get out of that, I mean, you got to try your best to get out of that Tuesday game. That's really what it's coming down to. I really yeah. think that, that that game at OU is going to be the – defining moment for the Cincinnati team because like we're like you said Ben Houston's just gonna be one of those games where no one's gonna look at them sideways for losing that one but I don't think a win against Kansas State or West Virginia would be strong enough in the committee's eyes to think that they would deserve a spot to move up in the bid scenario 
versus another team that might have like a few key wins down the stretch here. Yeah, it was interesting to hear from the Cincinnati coach yesterday. Like, obviously, he's going to tell us, you know, I believe in my team. He says that he has a good group of guys, but I don't know. The the energy with him and the team, it just – it wasn't really cutting it. it obviously, after a loss, you're not going to have all this energy. But I just the way that they finish out games, it's it's just kind of been going down. And I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping they can hold on. It would be interesting to see them in the tournament, especially being new to the conference, but – We'll see. The other team I want to focus on just for a second is Texas. Now, looking at uh, bracket matrix, um, they have Texas as a nine seed in 100% of the different brackets that they pull in. So as of right now, everyone thinks Texas is going to go in if the tournament was played today. They are currently 6-8 and eight in conference standing, 17 overall. And of the big 12 teams that are projected in, they're the lowest in the net at a, with a 41. Texas's closing stretch is at Texas Tech versus Oklahoma State at Baylor and versus OU. It feels like go two and two and you're probably set and maybe try not to lose your first Big 12 tournament game. A road win at Texas Tech or Baylor seals this. A home loss to OSU or OU, like one and three down the stretch. If you're Texas, you you can't feel comfortable right now. And this is a Texas team that's played very up and down. When Max Abnus is on, the team's playing really well. Texas needs to at least go two and two down the stretch to not be sweating it on Selection Sunday, in my mind. Yeah, I think you look at their most recent wins and losses, and their three most recent losses are to Iowa State, Houston, and Kansas. Their most recent wins are to Kansas State and West Virginia, two of the weakest teams in this conference. So those wins aren't necessarily convincing. So I think I think you're right. They really have to get a road win either against Texas Tech or Baylor to show that they're really about their business and they can handle those tough tournament situations. And if they lose at home, that's pretty much that that's going to put them in a really difficult spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I go back with the the Texas thing because I'm living in Orlando. So, you know, horns down. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I don't really see it like it's, it's going to be tough for them. Like they're going to have to really, really show themselves in this last little stretch because they really haven't been able to string any games together. So that's going to be the tale for them. Are they going to be able to put it together and kind of string some games together to show that they are worthy of making it? And then it go, it's going to come down to that conversation of does an eight and 10 first round loss in the, in the conference tournament team make the tournament. I guess it depends if that, those wins include maybe Baylor or Texas Tech down this stretch, but I don't know. This is a stretch where you might see an Oklahoma be able to kind of leapfrog them um, when you're talking about the standings. It's going to be a very interesting closing two weeks. And of course, the Big 12 tournament is always a fun and a wild time. Bliss, Christine, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today for episode 500. Uh, I'm going to let you guys sign off. Everybody, just like quick Twitter handles, Christine. CB on sports. Ben. B Hayes 12. Liz. Uh, L-Y-S-Q-U-E-Z. That's my app. And I'll be at the Big 12 tournament, so watch out for my coverage. Perfect. 
Thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to let these three all sign off, and we're going to introduce our next round of guests. I'm very excited uh, for the next round. Like I said, we've got an absolutely loaded show for you today. I'm going to bring in our next collection of individuals. Oh, I, I missed one here. Here we go. We have, from the Big uh, 1012 Network, we have Adam of Sons of UCF representing UCF, and from the Scott and Holman podcast, that is our Houston show, one of the first shows we added early on because we needed the Houston show. And it's the only, as far as I'm concerned, it's the only Houston sports podcast there is. It's the best one by, by far. Uh, we have Sam and we have Bobby. All three of you, welcome, guys. Thanks for having us, Phil. Appreciate it. Thank you. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Look, I, I, look, we're going, we're going full out. We're going all out. We're going all out for episode 500. Like we just had to. Um, so I, I want to, I brought you guys on together on purpose because I want to talk about the newcomers, the four new schools in the big 12 this season, you guys represent two of them in UCF and Houston, but a lot of varying projections and ideas of how the new schools would perform specifically when it came to men's basketball, we all had high expectations for Houston. I feel like they're delivering them. We had low expectations for UCF. I feel like they've kind of exceeded them they're not last in conference so that's a good thing and of course we also want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on byu and uh cincinnati as well let's start with houston they're sitting atop the conference standings uh iowa state's one game back kansas is two games back there's four games left to go sam let's start with you man i mean is this what you guys expected for houston in year one i think we expected around the top four i I don't think when we looked at the basketball season, whether it was back in November right before or during the late spring and summer months that we thought late February, first place in the Big 12 was fait accompli or the most likely outcome. I, I think I think if you had told us it, it would have happened, I, I don't think we would have like fallen out of our seats because this projected to be a good team. This projected to be a team that brought a lot back from what was a very good team last year, but I don't think it would have been the most likely outcome. If I if I had probably gun to my head, most likely thing that would have happened here, I probably would have guessed around somewhere in that third to fifth range, maybe within a couple of games of the uh, of the title. So obviously, I'm very very excited that obviously set plenty of time to go. I'm not at all wildly confident we're going to be the team standing at the top of the conference when all the regular season is done because there's a lot a lot of good teams standing in the way of that. But uh, very happy that the team is where they are right now. Yeah, for me, it was going to be, you know, like Sam said, top four when it came to the conference. First place was maybe, uh, you know, you got to go after Kansas. You expect Kansas to to be the people who run the conference and to be uh, to be the team that is up on them and up on top of this conference. I don't think we necessarily expected to be number one. I think we expected to contend for it. But uh, like Sam said, gun to the head. I don't think I would have picked uh, Houston to be number one, but definitely a top three, four team in this conference. I think that's fair. I think it's a fair and I think that's accurate for what most people expected. I don't think anybody thought Houston was going to come in and not compete. If they were, they didn't. They've never actually watched Houston men's basketball before. <laughs> they just saw former AAC team comes to Big 12. We're going to show you. Though we did enjoy the first time you lost with the welcome to the Big 12 tweets. Like, what's going to happen? Uh, <laughs> Adam, as our UCF representative, UCF has exceeded, met, or underperformed based off of UCF expectations. I mean, you got to say exceeded. I think there's people who thought that UCF wouldn't win a game in his conference this season, right? And, and they were not world beaters in the AAC. 
one tournament appearance in eight seasons for Johnny Dawkins. This is not a basketball school. So I, I think everyone expected one, two wins would be sort of the, the ceiling here. And then we start three and three and then everyone gets really excited. And then as UCF fans do, we, we get out of, out of pocket and we start talking about tournament. We start talking about other stuff. And then all of a sudden a little pesky four game losing streak and we, we come back down to earth, but I think exceeded expectations. Now, certainly there are people who think that UCF should have been more competitive. I think there were some games UCF could have won that they lost. Baylor comes to mind at Texas tech comes to mind at BYU at UCF comes to mind. And so there are some games that were still on the table that UCF probably could have put in the wind column if they were a little bit better, a little bit deeper team, but I think exceeded expectations. I think if you had asked a UCF fan, you know, midway through this conference schedule or towards the back half, you had five conference win. Would you sign up for that? I think 10 out of 10 would have said absolutely. Yes. And I think 10 out of 10 would have said, there's no bleeping way we have five conference wins. So I think it's exceeded expectations, although it's, it's, it's going to be a, you know, probably a losing conference record. I think a lot of people think this may be the best team that UCF's put out from a basketball standpoint or the best output UCF's had. It's funny, we we're talking on, on our pod this week about this, Philip, and, and and I think Sam and Bobby are curious, your, your perspective too. Every, every team this year that's played in the Big 12, it's the toughest schedule they've ever played, right? It's the toughest schedule they've ever played in every sport, from basketball, volleyball, softball, baseball, whatever, toughest schedule. And if you told the UCF fans they're going to win five conference games in the Big 12 when the year started, they probably would have signed Johnny Dawkins to a lifetime contract extension. So I think exceeded expectations. But again, because we're UCF fans, we we got out of pocket early and we expected a lot more. And so you're going to have that disgruntled nature. But I think if, if you if you don't have the exceeding expectations, then I can't help you. I was going to add the only thing that's not surprising at UCF is I figured, and that's why I figured they do a little bit better than the kind of low preseason projections that I figured it would be a tough arena to go to. I figured that UCF fans would pack that place. I think Bobby, you said when we previewed the league that they're going to pack that place out for the big games. And that's be more of an advantage that maybe people are expecting it to be in the preseason. And I think, you know, it's not, not taking credit away from the five guys in the court, you know, at one time doing, doing their job there. But I, I think we saw from the TV, great atmospheres for, for Kansas and just like I, I think that's not a small part of why why UCF's doing better than they're expected to. Well, admittedly, Sam, that, that's a surprise because I mean, I mean, you guys knew this playing in the AAC. Like we would draw like two thousand for a, a Tuesday night game against. You ECU, always drew well right? for us. So, that's the thing. You yeah, always I was, that, I was at that game last season in uh, in Orlando, and that place was packed. Now it yeah. was it was loud, and that was actually a closer game than a lot of people may remember was that game last year. But uh, but yeah, that that atmosphere is not one to uh, to mess with. When UCF fans really want to bring it and make some noise and pack the stadium, they do. But to your point, Adam, you know when you're playing, no no offense to East Carolina, right? But just like you guys, you guys are the same. <laughs> we might as well guys, offend them at this point. You guys, you guys were the same as us, where. A lot of the schools in your area weren't the schools that you had this kind of or, or weren't in your conference and they wouldn't really play you. So the people you go to work with and things like that, just they weren't East Carolina fans. So the people in Houston just don't get excited to play East Carolina. They didn't get excited uh, to play, you know, schools that aren't near us. They it just wasn't very exciting. Well, you said it best, Bobby. You said w when UCF fans are engaged, right? And that and that's the thing is I, I think people were curious what, what that engagement level would look like, right? Temple, Tulane, ECU, SMU didn't really bring out the engagement, but this year they started this new tradition with the palm frond thing that people have really kind of latched yeah. onto. So it, it's cool. it's been a it's been a good ride for for UCF. And again, if you're a UCF fan and you've watched this basketball team, here's the one thing you can say: outside of Kansas State, the first game we played where they just blew our doors off, 
you've been in every game. You've had to watch all 40 minutes and a dribble here, a dribble there, a shot here, a shot there, and you're it, it's a different result. And I don't think anybody had that going into the season where you have to watch. I think most people were like, all right, I'll watch the first half. We'll be down by 30 and I'll go you know, <laughs> mow the lawn. And now you got to stay and watch the whole thing. And it's been a fun environment. It's been a fun game. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly, would you love more wins? Yes. But I think to your original question, Philip, this has been a, a success for UCF basketball in year one for the Big 12. I think this helps transition to Cincinnati because I feel like UCF and Cincinnati have a similar problem of you have big 12 caliber players from, from, from a roster standpoint, what you don't have are the big 12 caliber stars and to win games consistently in this league. Like you can have a lot of guys who would, who would serve as big 12 role players. And that, and you, I think, think UCF and Cincinnati are both examples of they've got good players on the roster but there's not a guy there who you can trust versus big 12, big 12 competition to be able to bring it night in and night out. Like the best teams in this conference do, which leads to the Cincinnati question of how do you guys feel, especially coming from Houston and UCF fans who are familiar with Cincinnati having come over from the AAC with them. How do you feel like Cincinnati has transitioned to the big 12? I mean, I'll say it's, it's a great home court atmosphere there. I, I was, I went there in person for the uh, regular season finale in 2019 when U of H and Cincy played for just basically the de, the de facto regular season championship game there. And even games outside of that one, they'll get a big, big crowd in fifth third arena. I, I feel like that's long-term a great ad for the big 12. I, I think I had to kind of look down the road. I, I think UC basketball, I really do. And I'm sure they'd love to hear this right now and probably don't feel as confidently as I am as an outsider saying it, but I don't think you can keep that program down forever. I just like there's too much tradition. There's too much institutional support. There's too much going on there for them to be not at least on the right side. I don't think they are right now, unfortunately for them uh, on the right side of the tournament bubble. I, I think they'll get there. I think next year's going to be a really big, really pressure filled year for Wes Miller. Like I think he's got to, find that guy and the guy might be on the roster Jistle james is a really promising freshman but like pinning your hopes uh your program's hopes on a uh a singular freshman even if basketball is more of an individual sport is kind of a scary proposition i think that's where they are right now and might have to might have to go really aggressively in the portal and you know find a couple of guys and hope that you found the right guys and that year four is kind of the breakthrough year for west miller because it took kelvin samson until year four to get the breakthrough here at houston so yeah, I, I think I think that's really the challenge for Cincinnati is can, you know, in one year this coach is going to have tournament or bust expectations on him because I think that should be a program in four years. You get a tournament caliber team on the floor in this league, which I think gives you the chance to have a tournament caliber resume. It's all said and done in mid-March. So I think that's kind of what's going on with Cincinnati basketball right now. I, just, I do have this unshakable confidence that at some point in the near term future, whether that's next year or the three or four years down the road, that this this will be among the better big 12 basketball programs. It's all said and done just because you just look over the history of Cincinnati basketball. They've always just been so consistently good. Yeah. I mean, having, having those matchups that we had with Cincinnati, they were something fun, special. And we talked about this on our pod where beating Cincinnati in Cincinnati really felt like the step that this, that we took forward to move on, to go to the next level with our program and Cincinnati's transition feels like the transition to the big 12 kind of came a little too early for them. I think another year in the AAC or two where they could maybe get some confidence winning some games. That team probably wins the AAC going, going away. Exactly. And so, you know, you come into a much tougher conference, a much harder conference, and you don't look as good as maybe you would in the AAC. You, 
you play tough games against tough opponents in this in this conference and you and you lose those games and those games you know to Sam's point you're probably going to win a lot more games in the AAC and you're probably contending for the top of that of that conference so maybe it happened about a year too early but I like Sam very confident that they are going to be a good basketball program with their history uh, that they've had. So yeah, let's I, talk I think BYU. Cincinnati. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I think really quick. I think Cincinnati and UCF have kind of the same problem, which is you know they're kind of that middle of the of the pack Big Twelve type type school, right? And so you're going to have to hit the portal hard, and you're going to have to find some guys who want an opportunity to play in the Big Twelve. Who, and again, with all due respect to UCF Cincinnati don't go to Kansas and don't go to Houston, kind of the top tier programs. And you say, Hey, I want to play in the big 12 Cincinnati, UCF. Those are schools that maybe you get to and you get a, a chance to play. And so I think they've got to figure out a way to hit that. I think you see a lot of fans giving West Miller flack. I think the Sam's point, you know, is he the problem? Probably not, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on him now to figure it out. And you mentioned a guy like Jizzle James, I mean, his dad's Edger and James, can they hold on to him in the NAL era right now? Like, I mean, you know, you know, Edger went to university of Miami, they'll pay anything for anybody in any sport these days, right? <laughs> So can you hold on to the guys that you have at, at your school? I think UCF has that same issue. Would you look at some of the some of the younger players UCF has? I think I'd be curious to see how Cincinnati reacts to that. But I think you're in that middle portion where you've, you've got to get one or two game changers. You've got to get a couple of guys from the portal and say, hey, come play with us. Come play in the Big 12. Come play in the best conference in America and, and kind of hit lighting the bottle. But I do think um, similar to Johnny Dawkins, probably there's a lot of eyes on Wes Miller and what he does next year. And I think it's going to be a pressure packed year. But you know, look, I think we all probably remember watching, you know, Kenyon Martin, Nick Van Axel, Cincinnati's got that pedigree. So I, I, I wouldn't count them out, but I think they're in that same spot UCF's in where you've got to find a couple of lightning in a bottle moments and uh, and hope that you can, you know, kind of propel your, your school and your team to the next level. All right, so that leaves us with BYU. We're going to talk about not a former AAC school, the only kind of outlier coming in. And, and I think at this point, BYU has a history of having success in the West Coast Conference, Gonzaga, of course, being the the school there, we all know about. <clears throat> but I think they've they've held up in the Big Twelve surprisingly well in their first season. Look, they've been ranked; they're five hundred in conference play. That does say a lot because it's it's hard to be five hundred in the Big Twelve. It's hard to win in the Big Twelve, as we've seen. And they've had their ups and downs, being a team that's very reliant on the three ball. To be able to bring that style of play to the Big 12 and execute it well, I, I I feel that BYU is by far the team that has exceeded expectations the most of everyone, even for Houston, and has has shocked me the most. I don't know if this is sustainable because it's BYU and that is a team, a program and an athletic department that seems to have more fluc- uh, fluctuation. But for them to have come in in year one and not because it's kind of been across a lot of sports, for them to come in year one and look as good as they have has been very impressive. Yeah, and I think they project to have a lot of that roster back next year. And obviously, things are fluid year to year. Like, you don't expect 100% of retention of, you know, you're expected to come back players, even if you're the more money programs out there. It's just, just frankly, a lot more coming and going there. It's been, whether you like it or not. But I, I think it's a really impressive year, like you said, because the West Coast Conference last year, it was, it was very much a two-team league. I know it's always kind of a Gonzaga league, but it's Gonzaga and St. Mary's, two very at-large at uh side of the bubble and i think santa clara was all right but byu was like distant fourth or fifth best team in that league last year to go from that to as we sit here in late february a team that is firmly and i think immovably on the right side of the bubble is is incredible i think mark pope needs to be on the short list of uh 
of you know coach of the year best coaching job of the current season all that stuff and, and i think it does help like kind of like you talked about they show you such a different look that uh, that what BYU does offensively, what you do when you're game playing for BYU. I think Samson basically said in as many words after the game in Provo, it's it's such a different team to plan for than everybody else that's on your schedule. Not there aren't differences between all the, you know, the 14 teams in this league, but what BYU shows you is so much different. And to show the size they have as well, that size and offensive skill combination, I, I think we were we were doing kind of the sports fan version of like kissing the solid ground after getting off a long voyage after we won the game in Provo. Uh, a while a while ago like that was that was a very tough one that was you know ni- 19,000 very you know very into it fans and BYU is always going to have you know football basketball whatever they're always going to have a very good crowd I remember volleyball we had our conference opener there so and I think that helps as well kind of like full circle we talked about Adam earlier I thought UCF was going to be able to bring it at least for like the big the big games I think BYU even more than that I pretty much penciled in BYU for one of the toughest home atmospheres and I think that's that along with all the other things we talked about, I think it's kind of given a nice, nice leg up to, to be this really surprising good team. Yeah. And I think they do something like Sam said, um, like you guys pointed out, they live by the three, they die by the three. And if you're a new team coming into a conference like this, that hasn't had, and you haven't had a ton of success, the way you can see success early is by doing something nobody else sees, right? If you are Houston, we just out defense you. We, we grind you down more than any other team in the country does, right? Um, and and BYU shoots the ball unlike anybody else. If you're going to come and give somebody a different look, the rest of the conference doesn't see anybody. Again, to Samson's point, is you don't see anybody like them, how they play. And so teams are going to kind of scramble to try and figure out how to play you, especially if you can catch somebody off guard on a short week, something like that. And then it works. You got a recipe for success there. Yeah, they don't beat themselves either. I think that's the, that's the other thing is they're they're fundamentally sound. They don't beat themselves, right? They may not be the most talented team night in and night out, but they don't beat themselves. I mean, they they, they beat UCF at, at UCF in a tough game, and we got blown out at, at BYU. And, and and so I think that's the that's the thing is they're 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 to your point earlier, Sam. I think Mark Pope definitely deserves some some recognition. They don't beat themselves. They're fundamentally sound. They got four guys who shoot over thirty five percent from three, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna shoot the ball, Trevin Nell is is pretty much money when he's behind the three point line. Uh, and that's a formidable team. And I think they, they've done a really nice job adjusting. It's again, BYU is always an interesting sort of conversation because you sort of wonder to year to year to Sam's point earlier, what the roster is going to look like, you know, incoming outgoing, um, you know, it's probably not a transfer portal hotbed for a lot of teams. Obviously there's a lot of other, other responsibilities you have as you go to BYU and, and, and such. So it's curious to see year in year out, but I think they've been formidable. I think they don't beat themselves. And if they get in the tournament, they're going to be a tough team. I think they're going to be a team that you're going to have to sort of you know, kill them to get them out of the, out of the way of you. Cause I think they're going to play tough. They're going to play hard. They play unique. Again, you got four guys you can shoot outside. That's a recipe for March madness upset right then and there. So I think, I think they've done a really nice job in your, one of the big 12 yeah like that 10 seed that just goes lights out and upsets yeah. somebody and goes on a run yeah i think they're, they're gonna be a tough out if they get in the tournament they're gonna be a team that they they get they get hot they start shooting you know khalif is kind of a unique big right who can sort of play inside out he can handle the ball a ton you know i think i i you know a lot of people say he's one of the best passing big men in the in the country i don't watch enough big men passing to tell you if that's accurate or not <laughs> but sounds good to me so i'll go with it but i think they're gonna be a tough out in the tournament if they get in there so you're saying they're a, a sports team that has chosen to zig when everyone else zags and chosen the triple option? Is that I, I was gonna I was gonna say it is a like a lot like an option look. Like you're just mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna see nobody that 
that does that on and you can't and how can you say you, you can't simulate having like that level of shooting and also being one of the tallest teams in the country Cooks got the Cooks got kind of a decent facsimile of the look with uh utah earlier in non-conference who's also a very three dependent very tall team but i think nothing truly prepares you for byu uh this has been fun you guys have been awesome for everybody if you're listening watching whatever uh Sam and Bobby, two of the three hosts of the Scott and Holman podcast. That is our Houston show. Adam, one of the uh, many, ho- one of the hosts amongst the many guests and other hosts who pop in on that show, especially on the lives on Thursday on YouTube, which are incredible. Sons of UCF. You can find links to both of those shows at 1012network.com, T E N, the number 12, the word network.com. You should be able to figure that out, I hope. Uh, by the way, Scott and Holman podcast, it's P A W D A C S T. That you can, I get it. It's, it's Houston Cougar. It's a pod. It's fantastic. You guys are awesome. Uh, I am thrilled to have you guys to, uh, joining us today. I'm thrilled to have you guys in the network. It is uh, a ton of fun. Always a good time. Uh, anything else that we need to plug before you guys, uh, before you guys are out? Bobby. Nope. I got nothing. Just, yeah, no, we're, no, we're, no. As I say we're talking, talking Houston Cougar stuff, uh, weekly, everywhere you put podcasts in your ears at S H P A W D cast on Twitter at podcast.bsky at a social. Did I get right, Bobby? Oh, he, he nailed the wow. B sky. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's well, it for yeah. us. Though, a for single, us, yeah. a single proud tear rolls down Dustin's <laughs> cheek right now. Yeah. Thor Dustin's yeah. crying. He doesn't know why. <laughs> yeah, anywhere you do uh, social media stuff or content stuff, just search Sons of UCF and you'll find our, our stuff out there. And Phil, congratulations to you and the and the crew. Five hundred episodes, yeah. awesome. I know, absolutely. We, we've job, all been doing guys. pods for a long time to get to five hundred. It's a big deal, man. So congratulations to you and the team. Absolutely. Appreciate that very much. All right, we're gonna let you guys sign off. We're gonna bring in our next round of guests yes next round uh we've just we've got so many we've got so many guests i told you we were just a loaded show tonight uh we've got two here we're gonna add in as soon as our third arrives we're gonna add him in as well i'm gonna add to stage come on now stream yard add to stage there we go all right two of our three we'll see if our our friend uh, gerald joins us as well the first one uh you all know this voice uh, and if you're watching on youtube you know this face but you definitely know this voice this is scott from bosco's boys our kansas state podcast and a beloved guest both by myself and by people who like to leave comments of you should have him on more which i assume <laughs> is just scott's friend or or chauncey has learned how to leave reviews on on uh, podcast platforms and it's just pumping you up yeah, no, he 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 does not. Uh, he he's really just not even learning. Like, yes and no. He he has a mind of its own. It's probably my fault for being too easy on him. But Philip, it's it's an honor to be here. It's always fun to come on uh, the flagship show of the network in 500 episodes. Uh, congratulations! Uh, you know, uh, I think you launched the show around the same time Bosco's Boys did, and. Uh, the amount of content you put out, as well as kind of wrangling all the knuckleheads in the uh, network, is a big underbringing. So, congratulations to you, and thank you for allowing me to be part of it tonight. Absolutely, couldn't couldn't have done it without you. I just I couldn't have. Also joining us, uh, he is one half. I would say the less nerdy half of the Bear Den podcast. He is Joe Goodman. Debatable. Yeah, I, I like that you brought in just the all the gorgeous people into this one segment right here i know we're missing gerald and i i you know like i i was like i need a pretty people segment i need one for people on youtube like oh thank goodness something 
something uh, appealing to the eye. Nothing against every other. I'm kidding. Uh, now I feel like I'm shooting down everybody else. Uh, in case he joins us, Gerald Goodridge, one half of the Longhorn uh, Republic podcast, uh, will uh, will be joining us shortly. I hope he might be doing a it. he might be doing an SEC podcast right now or something. You know, probably that traitor. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. We still love them. They can be part of it. Uh, we'll get started anyways, because um, I know that one of you, Scott specifically, uh, would give up a kidney to be in the new NCAA college football game, uh, the new EA Sports College Football people, 24. People thought that tweet was real, and then I felt so bad. I felt so bad when people were like, oh, my, that's so – I was like, oh, I was kidding, guys. I am so sorry. <laughs> Cool. I, everything on the internet is Not true cool. I, yeah. that yet. I mean i i tell you what I, I i saw all the tweets it's like oh you know these different you know espn personalities and the different players oh i'm in the game all this type of stuff i'm like all right i'm i'm gonna do a little joke because we, we had talked about it on the q a episode and i i created an extra level and so just being like oh i'm in the game people are like oh that's weird add that little line of oh you know new to dynasty mode you hear the voices of your favorite teen specific podcast people like oh that is so i was like oh no what have i done here Wait, i am hold trying on, to that, be funny that, you were joking though you didn't get that phone call no because <laughs> phil and i did i mean well you, you know what i i mean i've publicly said that i'm probably not gonna buy a new console to play the game so they probably wouldn't want me to be a partner uh but man i remember playing that game for so long it's just like man when you have adult expenses and you know, that that a Hearn Fund donation for football season tickets comes around and all of a sudden you're like, oh, am I going to spend 500 bucks on a new system to play this game? So I don't know. But 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 I, I like the, the topics. I I enjoy hearing it. I'll enjoy seeing all the content coming from the game coming back. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something. I don't think I'm supposed to admit as a, someone who hosts a, a podcast that covers college athletics. Don't say I think I played the game one time. What? I, I didn't grow up like I didn't play sports games growing up. I was playing like Donkey Kong, Super Mario and and RPGs and things like that. Like it's just sports games was not my was not my thing. But I also didn't like grow up like I don't have the like my parents taking me to Oklahoma State games when I was a, a wee lad and just be falling in love. Like I don't I don't have my parents went to like Northwestern State northeastern state i don't know it's in tahlequah oklahoma like i i, I didn't grow up like sports i had to uh, learn that on my own uh, and adopt it myself so it, like i'm 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 very excited for this game because i'm like oh this will be my first experience and my wife's gonna think i'm nuts when i go buy a console just to play it but i'm like i'm this is gonna be my first this is gonna be my first one wow i I, yeah. I don't think i can't think of the first year i played it like i I cannot think between 2014 when the last one came out and or 2013, I guess. Um, and then whenever I started playing video games, there's just not a year I can't think of that I didn't play NCAA football. Uh, well, Gerald, I think is going to try and join us, uh, but we're, we're going to have to do the first topic without him because we are on a schedule. Uh, OK, so here's the question for both of you. Um, the talk is always when it comes to the game, who are you going to set up a dynasty with? Where I, and, and the correct answer is your team and then G5 team of your choosing. What's your G5 team? But I'm going to take this in a different direction. I'm going to start with you, Scott. Scott, what Big 12 team would you go and set up a dynasty for in the new game? But you cannot say your team, which is Kansas State. Yeah, I just want to go on the record. My G5 team has always been Army because I like the uh, – 
uh, scheduling. Hey, you can you can pick you know outside of you keep Army or you keep Navy and Air Force, but you get ten non conference games to choose from. But if you're making me choose a Big Twelve school, my um, initial reaction when when I saw the itinerary, I was going to say Oklahoma State. But then I remembered a that I've never seen. I, I've, I'm like zero and five seeing K State try to pl- play in uh, T Boone Pickens Stadium, and I don't want to play more games there. And then I remembered the 75 year old woman who made my life a living hell for the, the game this past year. So I was like, no, I don't want to help Oklahoma State football. And Deborah, the 75 year old Oklahoma State fan, happy when I win a national title with them. Uh, so so I, I went with UCF because my criteria was fun stuff you could do while doing a dynasty. So UCF, all sorts of fun uniform combinations. So you get to go crazy with the uniform combinations. And something that I liked to do back in the day, and uh, you know, I did this with like FIFA, and anytime I do a sports game, eventually it gets boring winning all these national championships. So you do little small things. I would try to create a team only recruiting Florida players. And Mm. I think that would be fun, uh, you know, out at UCF uh, going head to head with, uh, you know, the other Florida schools who are not as good as UCF shout out to UCF. Uh, So you're getting to play with fun uniforms, have fun little side quests you can do. Uh, So I would go with UCF for my team. Uh, Gerald has now joined us. We're hoping that the child that was screaming that delayed him is back asleep, sound asleep. My children hopefully stay asleep. Fingers crossed. Gerald, uh, the the question to you, the same as it was, Scott, you must pick a Big 12 team. I know you're going to be worried about SEC schools as Texas leaves us next year. You have to pick a Big 12 team, not named Texas, that you would take and go dynasty mode with to win a natty on the new uh, EA college football game. Oh, man, that's tough. Um, my initial reaction is Houston. Um I think it is like when you think strategically, right? Like they've got pretty fertile recruiting ground. You can get, you know, obviously Texas is a pipeline. Louisiana is going to be a pretty quick pipeline state when you're thinking of recruiting, right? Um, Houston, I can, you know, listen to all my, uh, my Houston hip hop playlists while I play and really get in the vibe and the mode, right? Like Paul wall and all of that, taking it back to the early two thousands. Um, so really to really get the vibes, right. But, uh, like Houston jumps out at me. I don't know why I couldn't really go with any of the other in-state schools, but I wanted to keep it in Texas. Cause I feel like from a strategic standpoint, right. Having Texas as like your built in, like you can recruit is always a solid play, right? IRL, like my real Texas state, I'm going to take Texas state to the natty is like my real answer. Like when the game comes out, Bobcats were taking Texas back. Let's do it. But um, you know, overall, if for, for the prompt itself, that's uh, my G5. Yep. <laughs> so we know Joe's G5 as well is Texas State. <laughs> Joe, you can't take Baylor. So which Big 12? I'll, team give, you, you I'll give you the reasoning. So I, when I play these games, I care about I, what am I looking at, right? I like I, my home team. That's where I'm going to be playing six or seven games a year. I want a stadium that looks badass. Yeah. And out of all the G5 teams that are out there, like Texas State actually has a pretty cool looking stadium, oh, especially yeah. when you get the team good enough and the, and the place is packed. But that's why my answer to this question of the Big 12 school that I would pick, who's going to have some pretty badass looking uniforms and who's got a gorgeous, gorgeous scenic stadium. And that's Colorado. So I'm taking Colorado all day. I like it. I like it. 
uh, I, I would choose Iowa State just because the idea of getting Iowa State to 10 wins alone would be an incredible achievement. <laughs> so winning a national championship would just be otherworldly. Uh, <laughs> I was about to like, leave the show for on, on, on like freshman mode and you couldn't pull it off. <laughs> like they just, the it's a game meme, glitches a at nine. in the game. <laughs> Deletes okay. it off your hard drive when you get that 10th win. There's a pandemic. Like, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> pandemic mode where you can actually, you know, go go to a Big Twelve championship game, pl- play a team in a big time bowl game that's only played three games the entire season, didn't actually even win their own division. I mean, pandemic mode, man. <laughs> oh, White Ride's gonna regret joining the network. Um, no, they're right. not. So they have... have a million followers <laughs> and they're going to bully me off the platform. So um, I, they're not going to regret anything. All right. I thought of this one. Uh, our second question for this segment while in the car, there is a video that's playing. I think Mike, most people have seen this trending video and there's a guy in Austin who asks this couple, uh, who would be your, he asked the guy first, like who, who would be your, your, your free pass, right? Your hall pass. And he's like, Nobody. I love this girl. I'm going to marry her. This is the perfect woman for me. Da, 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 da. Uh, and he, he asked the girl and the girl is very much like, oh yeah. And she names two, two people, Lindy Waters, the third and Barry Sanders, Jr. Lindy Waters, third, currently a member of the Oklahoma city thunder, Barry Sanders, Jr. I have no idea, but two very obscure names from Oklahoma state. One former Oklahoma state basketball player, one, uh, a former Oklahoma State football player whose father we all know. Um, the guy's just like, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, you pelt for the poor guy because, I mean, I hold know the whole thing is rigged and, and it's it's fake and it's just for fun. I don't care. To find someone who obviously know those two, knows those two individuals and they, the most two obscure names possible. So I'm asking each of you, what are the, the most two random alum, sports alumni names from your school someone could pull out for their hall pass? Joe. Oh, it has to be sports. Okay. I went into a different direction mentally. Okay. No, with no, this that's one. fine. Bring um, it. Bring it. Yeah, yeah. Just pure Baylor alumni. This it's, is a sports podcast, by the way, Joe. Baylor. I just Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is true. But I was I would say Ann Richards, because I don't I just I think nobody in the history of anything has ever said Ann Richards is my hall. Honey, if Ann comes calling, I uh I gotta answer. I gotta answer the call. And the other one that I had is uh, everybody's favorite ventriloquist, Jeff Dunham. <laughs> Because if you were going to bring something into the bedroom, why not puppets? It would be very Matt Rule signing day of us. <laughs> That's great. Uh, That's great. Uh, Scott. Uh, first off, to have a hall pass, you have to have a significant other. So I'm just throwing it out there. Anyone on YouTube or listening to this, my DMs are open. If anyone <laughs> wants to cast a very niche online dating show like a youtube version of love is blind with people from the big 12 podcast or twitter realm i'm open i could also be a bachelor for some sort of youtube shorts for just uh big 12 twitter personalities uh but for for k-state uh so the first one uh charles melton who is like a c-list actor model who did play at k-state and retired from football to get into modeling after he had a concussion on kickoff coverage versus KU in a game that K-State won like 59 to 7 uh, back in 2011. So Charles Melton, I think, uh, I think he has some sort of role on uh, 
Riverdale. I haven't watched it, but I pulled up his IMDb, but he was also in May, December, a very weird uh, movie, I think on Amazon, but he's like a C-list model uh, actor. And then uh, for uh, a female uh, K-State, uh, I, I, they've had a lot of uh, Miss Kansas go on to finish top 10 in Miss America and all this type of stuff. But I, I went a different direction. Uh, Aaron Brockovich, who is a real person, uh, she she's a graduate of Kansas State University. Uh, so, you know, that, that movie, based on a true story, she is a Wildcat graduate. So Aaron Brockovich, the real thing, uh, in her 60s, I'm sure she's still looking good. Uh, so she is the obscure K-State uh, hall pass, uh, you know, on the other side. So there you go. Was not aware Charles Melton was the Kansas State grad, but there we go. Very, yeah, very yeah. well. Okay. I think, uh, I, mean, I think he went to Manhattan High, and I, I have some buddies who went to school with him, and apparently he, he was the life of the party for a, a long time. And then he's like, well, I got my degree. I'm going to go uh, be professionally good looking. So shout out to him. <laughs> what a terrible thing to have to do. Uh, Gerald, <laughs> of course, uh, I want to, I want to emphasize, uh, this is just naming them you don't have, they don't have to be your hall pass, Gerald. I don't want to get you in trouble with your lovely wife. Gerald, you're muted. <laughs> this is like, a maybe you should now. stay yeah. muted for this maybe. question. I don't <laughs> want to be yeah, in trouble. Right. I'm just, I'm we just lost Gerald. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> now, um, so I, I, neither of these would actually be my personal hall pass for reasons that'll be, uh, evident in just a moment i went sports specific because i pigeonholed myself i thought that's where we were going uh the first one i came up with is a former backup quarterback and most eligible dallas contestant candidate on i think it was a and e or something but matt nordgren also known as vince young's backup uh for a couple of seasons i think he had one of my favorite plays in the history i think it was against baylor actually where uh they were up several scores he was running down the sideline he fumbled the Never ball in the vince young era did it that. uh rolled up back to him somehow didn't even break stride recovered his own fumble and scored a touchdown uh so matt nordgren is one and then doge balde is the other one i thought of if you don't remember from the early 2000s doge balde was a defensive special Specialist on some of those Rick Barnes teams. Um, just absolutely just random name. First random name I thought of was Doge Balbay. I think he still plays professionally in Turkey, so he might have a little bit of cash, but like you know, it's it's uh something fun. <laughs> this this went better than I could have imagined. So bravo <laughs> to all of you for, for being good sports and playing along. Uh, as we mentioned, we'll 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 end on this. Of course, if you are a Kansas State fan, if you're a Big 12 fan and you aren't listening to the Bosco's Boys podcast. You should be uh, when he goes daily. I don't. I, I like. I, I now understand how you can do five episodes a week. It's because you are not married. Because if I tried to do that with three kids, I wouldn't be divorced. My wife would just be a widow. Uh, yeah. So I mean, there, there's probably a reason why I, I uh, get most of my dating reps in. You know, after football season through through June and July. But there's also probably a reason why I'm going on your podcast saying, "Hey, my DMs are open." But yeah. Uh, we, we will go back to going daily starting in August through the balance of 2024. And I, I let it slip on the episode that I, I published on Monday. Uh, I kind of joked around or teased or flirted with the idea of retiring from podcasting this time last year. Uh, I'm 100% going to be going a full another year. The quest for Bosco's Boys episode 1000 is truly on tomorrow morning is our 780th episode. Wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I might have to keep going until we get to 1000. So 
Uh, Philip, thank you as always. And, and, and it's really been the, the pleasure of my podcasting career, finally linking up with you about uh, what a year and a half ago at this point. Uh, and I, it, it's a blast. So thank you so much. And congrats on 500. And you're sitting here like, I've got 700. I'm like, him with the 500. Yay. Uh, <laughs> but again, married with kids, single yeah. guy who is yeah. like the meme of a mo- millennial dog dad. So, uh, know, however, you, you did just help with the whole concept of the 1012 dating show. So, we're going to see if that podcast makes Can you do a dating show? I, I'm sure we can figure it out. Uh, I, will, I will do whatever I need to to find love. Find the six, 16 girls. It's Travis Kelsey style. You know, it, again, he, he ended up leveling up. But, you know, 16, one, one girl from every school uh, will we'll date on Zoom. And then I'll either find love or have a lot of enemies and make a fool out of myself. And for the content, impossible love, I would do that. Scott is one dating show and the, one of the greatest NFL careers of all time away from dating the next Taylor Swift. Uh, Gerald. <laughs> is the co-host of the Longhorn Republic podcast, our Texas podcast, that while they, the school may be leaving for the SEC, we will not be booting from the network. We would never not? do such a thing. No. <laughs> I'm just joking. No. 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 We would uh, do such a thing. No, you wouldn't. And we wouldn't want to, right? We love y'all. This has been... Um, the timing finally worked, right? We we just got laid off at the right time. I think is how it worked out well. Um, <laughs> you know, we had just, we had just signed on with Vox when Philip was thinking about launching this thing, and then uh, we got laid off, and they happened to have a vacancy for Texas, and so uh, the stars aligned, and it's it's been awesome, man. We love being a part of the the network, and uh, hopefully, we can do several hundred more of these. I hope so. I hope so. And of course, Joe Goodman. I, are you the nerdier half or the lesser? What, what, what are we like? If we had a, a pie chart and we had to give you He's, a percentage, Matt would win, and Matt would Matt would pridefully win on on that one. Yeah, yeah. Like he he wouldn't let me call myself the nerdier half. Um, I would I would call myself, and I would actually call this segment of the pod. This is the hall pass segment right here because, as we all know, <laughs> the four of us right here are the hall pass choice that anyone that listens to the ten twelve network would choose. So, oh yeah. Um, you can't go anywhere, Scott. The ladies will not have it. I'm not sure because Shahan's coming up, and if anyone's seen how Shahan dresses, like that's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah okay. Not... Well, you know the the his 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 game is 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 ridiculous. No, none of us will ever touch him, but he's a demigod. He's not an actual person. <laughs> and, and, and as I'm pitching random ideas for online content, I, I tweeted it at Shahan. He needs to go, you know, makeover show style to people doing football podcast and help them redo their wardrobe because that guy is stylish so shout out to shahan i hope he's in you know the i i hope he's like waiting listening to this uh he i want to be his best friend so desperately um ah, there and, he is he's back there he's we, back. He can't I, even, i'm sure he's back there i he can't and, even and help he's the best no, and also i hope he likes me more than seren petro even though i don't send him kansas city barbecue come the holidays so that's all i have all right. Uh, uh, and of course, Joe is one half of the Bear Dead podcast. If you're a Baylor fan and not listening to the show or just enjoy good sports and nerd talk, you should be doing so. Thank you, guys. This has been an absolute joy. I'm going to let the three of you bounce from here and I'm going to bring in our next two guests. Uh, one, of them, <laughs> one of them I have already introduced and we have talked about. I'm sure he's 
feeling uh i don't know i don't know how you're feeling shahan uh always a pleasure to have you here on the show with us shahan Raja of cbs sports and also joining us he is a voice you hear if you listen to big 12 radio on sirius xm and you absolutely should listen to sirius xm big 12 radio he is ari temkin guys welcome to the show today shahan you are muted Oh my gosh, here we are, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, obviously, make a lot of comments about my dress. I am in my uh, my very home clothes because we have a five-week-old. I was going to say, yeah. he's got a newborn. No way he's got, you know, his his yeah. normal garb on. I love the the Baylor. It's per, he's got the perfect college sweatshirt out right now. It's perfect. Yeah, it's it's great. I, uh, I wear this about 70% of the time these days. Uh, but when we go outside, I make sure that uh, that people don't know that. So maybe I should have prepared better for this. I will also say it's funny. Uh, Ari and I uh, texted back and forth. I'm like, we got to make something happen. We live real close to each other in Dallas. It took getting on a podcast with some guy from out of state for us to, to finally talk. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I guess I, I, I didn't realize that, you know, your wife was expecting and, you know, so we were texting and then all of a sudden I see on Twitter, like a picture of a newborn. And I was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll text him, you know, six, eight months. I'll, I'll text him again. You know, but So how, how is that going? Congratulations, by the way, that that's your first child, right? It is. It is. It's been fantastic. Uh, no, so everything's been really great so far. Uh, little baby girl, she's still tiny. Uh, you know, my wife's family, especially, they tend to have really small babies. So she's still, she's been really easy, thankfully. Uh, definitely an adjustment, of course, going to to having a responsibility every time of the day or night. But, uh, but it's yeah. been really great, thankfully. She's uh, overall slept well eaten well been very healthy uh doesn't cry too much which has been uh definitely something that we've appreciated wow. so it's been it's been overall pretty good definitely a lot of work uh but but overall good i will say philip too i i looked at this rundown and so the last episode the, the last segment was uh who is your hall pass from the school and ours is like <laughs> we have to talk about the future of college football come on what is this <laughs> Look, I brought three jack wagons on to talk about goofy stuff, and I've got two uh, serious journalists on to talk about serious Still journalists. Still jack wagons? Come on. Well, one <laughs> we serious journalist, just... one jack wagon. I mean, I, I'm always a jack. We can just switch to parenting advice for Shahan since I and I both have <laughs> well, I, multiple I do children jump in. now. I do want to jump in and say uh, I do uh, just off the top of my head, I, I do have some some people in mind. So uh, one, I mean. I don't watch The Bachelor, so I don't really know anything about it. But I think that some guy who they called Pilot Pete went to Baylor. So I think that he's like a name <laughs> that people don't. I, mean, I don't watch this show. That's just a thing. Um, but if you want to get real about it, I mean, Dee Dee Richards, uh, former Baylor women's basketball player, now like a star, a model, uh, plays for the New York, played for the New York Liberty for a little while. I mean, I, I think that that's the move. Uh, just to, you know, if we're if we're bringing stuff up. Uh. uh... My wife's still in the bath. No comment. Uh, no comment. Uh, um, <laughs> it's not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Uh, yes. Okay. We're going to do the hard, heavy college football conversation. Look, I, it, it's, I'm glad I have you two because we're only doing this topic because I have two very, I think very intelligent people who I highly respect their opinions. Look, big 12 football, the big 12 conference right now feels the most stable. It's felt in a very, very long time. While all of college athletics and this in this, constant state of flux i mean 
we're getting closer and closer to players becoming employees. We've got uh, apparently a rampant college football coaches going to the NFL. This is this epidemic. Mind you, there's almost as many NFL coaches coming to the college football, but don't let that stop the narrative from building. Like big 12 fans have been kind of like scrapping and clawing ever since realignment got going back in 2010, when you started seeing schools leave the sec and the PAC 12 and, and so finally things start to feel stable. Oklahoma and Texas leave. The sky is falling. The world is burning. We're all just, just let's just get drunk. And so long. Thanks for all the fish. Instead, you bring in four schools. Uh, things start to stabilize. You get a new commissioner. You start feeling really good. And then the Pac-12 is the conference that never is not a part. Not Big 12, like you've been told. And you've got four more programs coming that you're very excited about. And the Big 12 feels like has an argument for number three in, in college athletics, at least in college football versus the ACC. And we can back and forth. I don't really care about that. The point is that college athletics is continuing to change constantly. So should Big 12 fans feel good? Should Big 12 fans be worried about what's coming next? Or should we all just sit back and have a drink and, and, and enjoy watching the fireworks both on the field and off from a, a seat of comfort for the first time in a long time? Yeah, I, I can take that first. You know, I think that what I like the most about the current state of the Big 12 is that it feels like it knows what it is and it has a purpose for existing the way that it does. Because the case that I've made, you look at the 16 programs and obviously, look, this might ruffle some feathers. I've said it before. I don't know that any of the 16 programs is capable in the next 20 to 30 years of winning a national championship. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't aspire to do so, but like, I don't think that's the point. So many people are like, well, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, uh, you know, and this ruins what the Big 12 is or whatever. I I don't think that people's station changed that much, if you kind of look at it. I don't think that Oklahoma State can accomplish less because of what this is going forward, or Baylor, or TCU. Obviously, you have these new additions who potentially can accomplish more with, with their elevation to the conference. And I think that the other piece of this is, when you're talking about the non-Big Two, the non-Big Ten, the non-SEC, I think you're looking for a couple of things from a conference. One, you're looking for stability. You're, you're looking for a conference where everybody isn't clamoring to get out. I think that's a huge disadvantage for the ACC. They're very openly campaigning to join either the SEC or the Big Ten. And, and part of it, I mean, again, part of it is because there isn't a program necessarily or there aren't multiple programs in the Big 12 who are obvious fits in those conferences, but that is a strength. I think that's something that you can lean on. Uh, the other piece too, is I think that you want to be in a position where you have something to sell. And that means both to fans. And that also means to prospective recruits. And I think that the big 12 has both of those things. Uh, this is going to be a very competitive, very entertaining conference. Uh, I think that it is probably the most upwardly mobile of the major conferences. We got a chance to see that over the last couple of years where you have a, a two and seven Baylor team go 12 and two. You have a team in TCU with a first year head coach who manages to take a team to the national championship game. Um, you know, obviously Oklahoma state has had their swings. I think that heading forward, almost every single team in the league has the potential to at least make a big 12 championship game. That's exciting. If you are a middle of the road type fan, because not many conferences, you can do that. And I think that when you're talking about two prospective players, whether it's high school recruits or whether it's transfers, I, I think that the big 12 kind of sits in a nice place. It, it's in a place right now where you have the ability to, I think, go out and recruit at, 
you know, a top 30 level, I think a lot of programs are going to have a chance to do. And and I think that you also have the ability to retain players by making enough of an NIL case, by making enough of an opportunity case, by proving that you can develop a, a, a player for the next level, especially at certain position groups. And I think for transfers as well, as well, I mean, the Big 12 has kind of established itself as the home of the high level transfer in a lot of ways. You look at what TCU is doing, for example. So the, my greatest point of optimism for the future of the Big 12 is that I think that it is fully going to be able to remain what it is for the next six or seven years, at least, until we have more conversations. I, I think it's going to be an entertaining product for fans. I think it's going to be an entertaining and useful product for players. And so from my perspective, again, is are any of these programs going to step up and become Alabama tomorrow? I, I don't necessarily think so, but I don't necessarily think that that's a change from how things were before. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I I agree with Jahan. I think, you know, what he's saying, and, and it's absolutely true, is over the next 10 years, this is about the pursuit of the SEC and the Big Ten, really, for the ACC and the Big 12, right? And, and you know, for the Big 12 to know what it is, that's it's a tier two conference right now. I, I do think in some sense, though, there's an identity crisis to a degree with the Big 12 because – your mark wants to make this conference more national, you know, so we have, you know, conference media days now moving to Vegas, which is fantastic. I'm happy about that. You know, it gets, it gets it out of Dallas. You but, get your travel. Comp, right. That's right. Exactly. But I mean, you know, it, will, will, will he, will he move big 12 basketball media uh, football or uh, excuse me, big 12 basketball, uh, basketball tournaments, to MSG. I don't think he'll ever move the, the football uh, championship game out of Dallas, but you know what I mean? I mean, he, so I think in some, there was just this this uh, swimming championship. He moved out to the state of Washington. So, I mean, I get it in a sense, but there's also, I think, in, in one sense, an identity crisis from that standpoint of, you know, are you really becoming a national conference? And is that something your members really want? Um, I, I guess you need it, it you know, as, as your mark has been obviously fantastic for the conference overall. So, but, but look, Shahan's right. I mean, th th this conference is not going to have a behemoth in recruiting. You know, we know that, that, over the next 10 years, we can project this out, who the, who the behemoths in recruiting are going to be and continue to be. They're going to continue to be those teams, the Big Ten and the SEC. So as long as there can be consistent teams, especially I think, you know, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, who have really done a good job over the years. I think UCF, too, to a degree of the guys that maybe don't initially um, go, you know, that are that are local, that maybe are five, four or five stars that go to the bigger Georgia or Alabama that maybe want to come home, that end up going back to a TCU or end up going to an Oklahoma State. I think that's, you know, in the portal where they can really, you know, get a ton of talent. But yeah, I think I think overall, when you look at this conference and the trajectory of it, um, it, it really is about positioning uh, for for the next 10 years, because um, overall, it's the it's the SEC and the Big Ten. They're going to be eating the rest <laughs> the rest of college football. There are always going to be people who both cover the sport and are fans of the sport. Who the thing that matters most to them is the teams that can win the national championship. And I am, yeah. I am, I am settled with the idea that that the Big Twelve is not a conference that they're going to care about, and that's fine. And if they want to poo poo on it, that's cool. That's great. I still feel like I would rather be a fan of. 70 to 80% of the big 12 teams than a fan of 70 to 80% of the sec or the big 10 teams who in the big 12, are you going to win an Addy? No, but you can win the conference. You make the conference championship game. Doing that gives you a, a, a really good spot in the playoff. 
a 12 or 14 or 16 team playoff, as opposed to congrats on always being, Hey, we finished sixth in the sec or seventh in the big 10. Like, great. That's, that's awesome. Um, I would rather have an opportunity for upward momentum than knowing kind of your place and being like, well, we're going to root for the conference. Like the big 12, like the big 12 cares about the big 12 in the sense of like, we can make fun of each other, but you can't, we're like a family in that way, but we're not going to sit here and start (laughs) chanting big 12 just because the best team in the conference went out and won a big game. Most of us would still rather be like who won the conference. Great. Go lose that game. Go, go, unless you're playing, you know, Oklahoma or Texas moving forward. Like we're still, I think most fans are still okay with their, you know, not cheering for their rivals. Well, wow. Arkansas has to be like, yeah, good job, LSU. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's also a very SEC. fractured conference too. I mean, like, I, I bet you if you pull most big 12 fans, do they like, do they know what, what, what city Utah, like <laughs> Utah is it? You know what I mean? Like the, the, the people know that it's all like, you know what I mean? So, so like, Overall, it's just like a very new fractured. I mean, that's and that's what I was talking about earlier with your mark in terms of making a more national conference. This maybe is what he has to leverage. It, it, it's sort of unique from that regard. But I mean, Sean, let me let me ask you this, Sean, because what he's talking about here is, you know, it's it's the talent drain to a degree, right? Not drain, but you know, and I'm under no illusion that the future, that the the expansion of the playoff means that the, the blue chip ratio will matter less to winning championships. But I do think overall, maybe we can wait and see how the transfer portal and NIL and now the expansion of the playoff overall impacts competition. I mean, I don't think there's going to be parity overall, but maybe there's a little bit more parity because there's a little bit greater access now. Well, I think that what I'd say about that is that, I think that I, I'd compare it to maybe some of the mid to top level AAC teams or the Mountain West or the Sun Belt, right? Uh, where I don't think that that those programs, generally speaking, have the ability to one ever really win recruiting battles over the big two. Two, I think that they're in a position where. Uh, if they have a good player, I think that they're going to be poached almost every single time. If they have a good coach, they're going to be poached almost any single time. We just went through a cycle this offseason right. where Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold had opportunities. And the, the, they are not at the most advantaged programs in the Big 12. And they decided to stay because I think that they felt like, well, there's still so, very much something here for us. And the other piece that I'll mention. But they is, do lose assistance. I agree. They, they have, they, but they have lost assist, right. high-level assistance to the big no programs doubt. too. No doubt. And and that's going to be a risk. But, you know, right. I, for example, right, like Baylor went through this this offseason where they lose right. offensive line coach uh, Chris Kapilovich and then they lose Christian Robinson at linebackers coach. Well, like the reality is, too, if Alabama wants Baylor's linebackers coach, they, they were going to, to <laughs> right. get right. 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 Like that, that, right. that I don't think is a new dynamic. Um, and, you know, even, for example, too, like Baylor lost a defensive line coach to the NFL. I think the NFL train uh, right, goes right. both ways. But, like, I think that – I think that's just a dynamic that every program, even I – mean, gosh, Alabama is going through it right now. They lost their offensive coordinator to the Seattle Seahawks, right? So right, right, I, right, I right. do think that there is, in the short term, some proven, uh, some proven desire from even – good coaches to want to stick around, at least head coaches at this point. Um, I think the other piece too, is that, you know, I love the 12 team playoff. I wouldn't, I really am a little annoyed that we're already getting into talk of 14 and 16. But the thing I love about the 12 team playoff specifically is that one, it guarantees access for major conference champions. 
And I think that that is a huge deal for the Big right. 12. Right. Uh, I think the other piece of this too is that I think in a lot of years, the Big 12 can have a chance to get two in. Like, like I do, I think they're going to be uh, an, a second bid league in a lot of years, not every year, but I think in a lot of years. And what I like about it is this too, right? We obviously have the NCAA tournament and college football is not college basketball. But I do think that what that buys you is the ability to uh, to have a successful season through reaching the postseason, right? For, for some programs, I mean, teams in the Big 12 are going through it right now, right? It, it, some programs, if you make the NCAA tournament as a nine seed, that is a successful season. For other teams, it's making the Elite Eight. For other teams, it's making the Final Four. For other teams, it's winning a national championship. And I think it gives programs uh, in a league like the Big 12 more opportunities for success. And I mean, the other piece too is that for all the talk that we've had about the college football playoff, everybody's always like, oh my gosh, Oklahoma made the field. And then they, they went to get blown out by some team. It's like, well, yeah, but like, you're not necessarily going to be playing the one seed in the first round every single year either. So, you know, if you're the sixth seed, you're going to be playing the 11th seed. Maybe you have an opportunity to win again, and maybe you lose in the second round of the three seed, but that is a successful season to go and win a college football playoff game. So I, I again, we'll have to see how it works in practice and, Right. Maybe the SEC and, and Big Ten will just decide, well, actually, we want all 14 seeds. And, and that's, you know, that's a conversation that we're obviously going to be keeping an eye on heading forward. But I, I do think that it gives a lot more ability and opportunity for Big 12 teams that aren't just uh, national championship contenders and programs that aren't just national championship contenders to have really successful seasons. That I also think because of this nationalized tournament, uh, I mean, again, I work at CBS Sports, obviously. I think that if a team from the Big 12 is in the college football playoff race or winning college football playoff games, you kind of have no choice but to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and like, think about this, you know, and Phil, to your point about like, you know, will, will it be a league that's covered? It will be because of the access that it gets. And it's, I mean, it's still along with the ACC in that second level. And, and to Sean's point earlier, like there's so much instability in the ACC. Now I think ultimately that the Big 12 will have that too, because I mean, it really is just a game of thrones like that. It really just is that simple. And but but for right now, like there's just much more harmony in the Big 12 than there is clearly playing out with all the lawsuits and everything in the ACC. And I think that stuff does matter. Um, and, and like I mean, think about this. Can't like guys, Kansas football can legitimately going into the season is legitimately playing for a spot in the college football playoff. Think about that. Like the, like where they've been. To like where they are, like where they could be going this season with what they have coming back, like that's insane. So yeah, I mean that would be that's a hang a banner kind of season for a lot of programs. Certainly Kansas football, a lot of programs in this conference, many of them. Yeah, I, I love that mindset. I think I don't think it gets talked about enough. I know we people want to. I get tired of the the the, the loud narratives of well, he's got all these first round blowoffs. Who cares? Like. God forbid we just appreciate someone getting to achieve something. Well, they're getting it handed to them. No, getting to achieve something, because that's what this is supposed to be about, is what you do on the field. I will say, matter. though, it, it is kind of annoying when you look and, like, <laughs> Penn State is going to play Ohio State or Michigan again, and it's like, oh, we, you know what I mean? Like, we don't need to see Ole Miss lose to Alabama or Georgia. Like, that's the part of this that's kind of annoying. It's like, we don't need to see Penn State lose again to Ohio State. We've we seen that every year. You know, twice. <laughs> I I just I have a hard time not believing that 
the rankings won't make sure that that kind of stuff doesn't have to happen in the first round. Like with 12 teams, 14, it's unavoidable if they both win. But I can't, you know, like these are human beings. Be like, well, we could put Penn State seventh or fifth, and if or we could just drop them a spot. Well, it'll and be fine. The other piece to mention too, of course, is that we got that in the 14 playoff. We got that in the two, you know, the BCS, right? We got rematches there true, too, right? True. And true. so, so I why we're here. It's literally why we're here. Yeah. Oh, well, tell, tell me more about that, Philip. Has it uh, has it impacted your life personally? But all right, uh, this has been great. Thanks so much. <laughs> I, I, I think that ultimately, right? Like, this is actually, I think, uh, you, you know, to go outside of the Big Twelve a little bit and look over the next ten to fifteen years. One of the dynamics I'm going to be most interested by is long term. Uh, like, do these programs, do these games, do these brands keep the same value? when they're no longer scarce. And what I mean by that is Penn State played Auburn a couple years ago, and that was a big game because Penn State doesn't play Auburn. Well, like, okay, now Auburn's going to play Texas, at, you know, a lot, right? Now, now uh, you know, Tennessee is going to play Oklahoma a lot. It's it's not a scarce game anymore. And so I'm curious, you know, again, if, if Auburn... No, you're or, totally right. Or Florida... You're totally like, right. If they're if they're the ninth or tenth best program in the SEC over a five year period, like are they Florida anymore? Like like I, I think that you know we're gonna talk a lot about helmet games and brands and all this sort of stuff, but I mean, you know one of the, one of the things that I like the most about the new Big Twelve is that the old Big Twelve there was a very explicit, almost hierarchical, these are the two programs that matter, and here are the 10 that don't, or the eight that don't, depending on when, when we're looking at. Uh, and I one, I don't think that exists in the Big 12 anymore. Now, Utah fans will probably try to uh, make that case at some point, but that's a conversation yeah. for another day. Uh, but then I think, I think that in the SEC, it's like, if you end up with a clear hierarchy of these all-time programs, I mean, I... Again, I, Oklahoma to me is a program that it's very hard to mess up. So I think that they'll be fine long term. But entering the SEC next year, they might be the seventh or eighth best team in the league. They, they might be a seven and five team. And this is Oklahoma. If that happens for three years, I, I mean, is that something that, that you shake, right? Texas, right? Same, similar sort of deal. I think it's easier to, to shake that when you are still like the the king of the Big 12 from a financial perspective, well, you're kind of just a guy in a room now. There, there are six other programs that can compete with what you bring to the table. So I, I'm curious, when we look in 10 years, like I look at a program like Arkansas, I think if, if Arkansas were to join the ACC or the Big 12, they would have a really good case to be, I'm not saying the top dog, but one of the top dogs in the league. They're like the 13th best program in the SEC heading forward. And like, cool, you get to cash some checks. I am going to be very curious long-term when that's not enough. You, you, the, what's the line? I believe it's, but you, you, you take the check, you take the losses. Yep. And so yep. enjoy the money. Uh, it's just, it, it's, it's fun part of it. All right. You guys have been awesome and everything I hoped to dream that this segment would be. Uh, Shahan, do me a favor. I know you're still, you still on paternity leave right now? I am. I am through March 11th. Well, once you're back, where can yeah, everybody check out you, all the work? Philip, I mean, are you kidding me? He joined you on fraternity leave. I mean, are you I, kidding me? Tell your wife I said thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I will. She was like, so you couldn't have asked for 15 minutes later because usually uh, usually it, it depends on the day. But 
it's often around nine that we're able to put my daughter to bed. And she's like, so you're leaving me for this? <laughs> so I'm like, sorry, that's when I asked to do it. So I have to, right, I have so to go. Don't ask for Shahan for a little while. Got it. All right. Cool. 500 <laughs> episodes, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Congratulations, guys. Congratulations. Congrats Congratulations to you, Shahan. Shahan. Yeah, seriously. Like, man, I got Scott coming in here. He's at 700 something episodes. Jahan's got a newborn. Like, what am I, what am I even doing here? 500 episodes. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Ari, uh, where can everybody check out Big 12 Radio that you are on Monday through Friday? Yeah, Sirius XM, uh, Channel 375. And, uh, yeah, we have Shahan on all the time because he's always writing great stuff and talking about great things. And he's always active on Twitter. So can't wait to have you back, buddy. Can't wait. Right, I'm going to. I'm going to send you guys back to the waiting room where you can organize some sort of get together since I know you need to be working on that. <laughs> uh, and that means that we have to end the show. There's only one way to end the 500th episode. And that is with the two people who I think have been with me the longest as or I don't know the most episodes. So I got Chris who has been, who was co-host and now like pops in. And then I have you two who have just been co-hosts for at this point for uh, it doesn't matter. Like I, I couldn't not end the show with you two, you two, of course, people listening in audio land, because podcasting is obviously a visual uh, medium. Uh, that would be the vibe queen of the 10, 12 network herself, JSJ, Jamie Steyer Johnson, and Andy Mitz, the host of the rock chalk podcast and our resident uh, KU fan guys. How's it going? I bet that Andy's had quite the day. Uh, I know that much. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's been uh, the, it's been quite the weekend for uh, for for Kansas fans with you know uh, the men absolutely obliterating Texas, which was a lot of fun, and then the Kansas women um, they went ahead and pulled off the upset over Kansas State uh, in Lawrence on Sunday. So yeah, it's been quite the day. Um, yeah, I mean Philip. You got to think we started uh, co-hosting this podcast with you for once a week back at the start of the pandemic, mm-hmm. which means it's been four years. So I would probably have to guess that we have probably been on the most episodes of anyone that's come on the podcast with you, of course, other than yourself. Right. Now, I, look, I, longtime co-hosts, longtime friends, like it just felt like the right way to end this. I don't have a topic for us to talk about. I thought we would just... I was I was wondering since there was a really specific rundown right. for everyone, everyone else, else got- and then it was just like <laughs> our names, and it's like, are we popping on to say bye or just gonna know that uh, things this are is- not gonna be kept to whatever the rundown would say anyway? So why? Yeah, me? that's true. That's true. No, no, it's it's the old Stan Lee uh, cameo appearance, you know, in all of his movies. <laughs> uh, just we we just show up to show up and then say okay, bye. Well, it was either gonna be that or the the Matt da- like Matt Damon was in the back room, but we didn't have time to get him out here, so we went ahead and just we'll try next or tomorrow night. Uh, oh uh, man! So my wife uh, would not have been happy though if I had gotten on this much later than normal, and it was just for you to say sorry we couldn't get to you. <laughs> no, no, this, we I I I I said it from the get go. I was like, this episode will go as long as this episode goes. It is what it is. It's you know it's um. 500 episodes feels like the time to be like, yeah, we'll get back to trying to keep it to 45, being okay with uh, 64 next week. Um, well, kudos yeah, to your wife to as Kansas. well for allowing you to be on for this long. So, yeah, well, you mean from the podcast standpoint? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you yeah. mean for the evening? She's in Both. the bath, just so. having a just having a having a lounge, reading a book, 
she she is always reading a book and listening to a book on tape at the same time what yes not like simultaneous but like concur like oh. concurrently oh, oh, oh right so she's either doing one or the other and doesn't yeah. wait till one's done to start the next one no it's, it's just so she's i'm pretty sure she's nice. reading right now so she's good that's the mood exactly yeah. And I, my, I would read books, but I podcast too much. I read books when I need to completely like shut off my brain otherwise, because I can't read and also think about other things or do other things at the same time. It's not possible. So I read a lot. I'm going to do it more this summer after softball season's over and like we're gonna cut back on the pod for the summer i always say that every summer with the summer i'm like i might do four episodes this summer and that be it and then come back for football season because i love doing this but after 500 this is only five here's the thing it's only 500 episodes of the 10 12 podcast he in one two podcast there was the old version which was the 10 line 12 podcast which we changed the name when chris became the co-host and i don't even i don't remember how many episodes that went so this podcast, this iteration, the one that matters, the one that has last stood the, the test of time, 500 freaking episodes. I should have done the math of how many times you guys have been on, but that's I, right. I, Who I has time it. for math, honestly? I don't, I was an art major to avoid math in college as much as possible. I didn't take Look, a single math class through college. I only have time for math because it's my day job. So, I can do it from like a re- like statistic like I, I I have to do reporting for work and so I I like to have math like that not like, like numbers I like looking at college football and basketball stats and those things those are fine I don't I'll, like I'm not gonna do algebra I do box score math on air and it's usually right once in a while it's not it's but like ish right it's you know I'll I'll calculate okay so you made these three so that means you were this from two and. Every time, God bless them, our players are like, wow, good quick math. And like, they don't say it sarcastic like I do naturally because <laughs> I don't have a tone besides that. They they mean it. And I'm like, man, you guys, you get me. You know I need that. When I'm doing 13 minus 8 in my head and I get to 5 and we're all like patting me on the back, I'll take it. You gotta you gotta take the wins when they come, right? You can't you can't exactly. be choosy. Any win is a good win. Andy, all this basketball talk and Kansas had a perfect weekend in softball and beat AM. Like, can we we're not gonna acknowledge well, yes, Jayhawks no, softball we're program? Also, had- we're also gonna do that. You're right. It's just <laughs> unfortunately the world we live in, most people that's what they, you know, pay attention to is the basketball, men's and women's. Thankfully Although- now, men's and women's. Although speaking of basketball, I'm I'm hoping to keep the the good vibes rolling here for us and uh, see if we can't get another uh, wildcat takedown on Wednesday. I'd go for that. We gotta we gotta acknowledge Audie Crooks' freshman record for Iowa State. Uh, She's like you 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 talk about her like she's your daughter. Or like sister that you're just proud of. They they are all my my children. I well not children. They are like my like much younger siblings. Like the the freshmen are are around nine years younger than me. Um, so it's it's just enough where like 
they're not my immediate younger siblings. That's they, the senior. They're all like your nieces, where you there can it is. That's yeah. enjoy everything that they do yeah. because you're related enough. And they're well, and they're just they're such good people, and it's just so exciting. And like they're good teammates. It's just like the exact kind of people that you want to cheer for, and then I get to, and like I get to get other people on board with cheering for them too it's like the coolest thing ever but yeah she said iowa state's freshman record with like i mean hopefully at least four games to go and and more with with luck and then uh she's pretty close to breaking freshman men's or women's i believe that's like 534 so um That would be, that would be right around there as well. I believe that one was set by Curtis Stinson. So that's uh, certainly, certainly a a person's record to break, uh, which is awesome. And I mean, there's, there's so many like good things happening, but Addie Brown put together the third season in the past, like 25 years for Iowa state with 300 points, 200 rebounds and 120 assists or more and she's the first freshman to do it she's like the sixth freshman in the past 15 years to do it. it's just there's there's good vibes i'm very happy with them and it's it's up and down but they uh they don't let that affect them and so it's a lot easier to come back from like okay if you lose a game you're just gonna bounce right back and you know they're gonna be out there the next day this feels like more like what we usually sound like after we stop recording and just like <laughs> chit chat for another 20 minutes until I'm like, okay, I have to edit now. Right. Uh, right. So this is the, this is the, the behind the ten, scenes. You 10, know. 12 unplugged. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do something special for episode number 500. A little peek behind the curtain. Ooh. That that's, that's my life. And then the amount of shoes that I'm about to have in my office. JSJ designs. Yeah, I uh, I finally I finally took some orders, so I'm about to have a whole bunch of shoes. I actually have like two sitting on my desk right now, and nice. then I have a ton in the mail, so that'll that'll keep me busy. Basketball shoes, that's it, that's it for me. That's fine, honestly. J- J- then J- I J- read Jones. in the air. Not not a sponsor, but uh, on Instagram, <laughs> uh, is that the best place Yet. for people who want to check it out? Uh. Instagram actually has like pictures and stuff. And then I post about it on my personal Twitter. Like I do literally anything that comes to mind. So <laughs> I'm I'm going to be honest. It may not be a paid sponsorship, but it's definitely a sponsorship. I was going to say like, it's a sponsorship in the sense that if one of you guys wanted a pair of shoes, it would happen. Like I, I know Jamie. Well, I then know. in that case, no, <laughs> Oh, man. I'm trying to do some more schools. I just did a Miami pair and then, oh, I have a pair that I'm about to start working on for a coach that is not at Iowa State, that is not even a Big 12 coach. I'm so excited. All right. That's a tease. That's a good tease. Uh, so we will be back next week and we will do our usual three questions for men and women because we're going to have one week left in the regular season. And then we're going to have some big 12 tournaments. We've just like, it's no, this is the last week no, for no. women. Right. Sorry. Women will be done after this week and we'll be prepping for the big 12 tournament, which I will be at. Uh, going to be lots Woo-hoo. of fun. I'll, I'll, I'll see you there, Jamie. And then, uh, not if I avoid you. 
Yeah, I figured. You know, like you did when uh, Iowa State came to Kansas. Oh, wait. <laughs> but no, and then uh, and then the men are right after. So, yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be an awesome next couple of weeks with everything going on Big 12 basketball wise. It's going to be wild, it's going to be crazy, it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, we'll be here for all of it. Of course, we are the 1012 podcast. That is Andy Mitz, the Rock Chalk Podcast, here with me every Monday. And JSJ, Jamie Sire Johnson, here with me every Monday. Basketball season's almost over. Summer will be here soon. Of course, we talk softball on Thursdays with Eric Lopez and Leah Nelson, so do not miss that if you are a Big 12 softball fan. <laughs> Eric was uh, Eric said that uh, he was at, I forget which turn. Oh, he was in Clearwater for the tournament and people fans were talking to him and they said philip needs to calm down <laughs> wait wait i've got to ask my, how are you my only takeaway was softball? huh how, how are you guys gonna keep that softball episode under like you know 45 minutes with how many great performances there were for softball this year or this week <laughs> in the big 12 team of the week is gonna be i don't uh i don't know how we're a team of the week player of the week i have i'm very excited for our guest that we have lined up and if i if i say who it is that they'll cancel so you know the rule i won't say who it is of course let's find out on thursday it is a player which we're taking a week off coach we've got our first player of the season i'm very excited about it um i will have her as probably my candidate for player of the week we got well i'm excited i'm excited okay uh this has been fun this is episode 500 thank you for everybody who is either watching on youtube or listening uh on podcast format yeah did i, I told you guys we we're doing the video from this one this week no you okay. didn't but that's all right i guess everyone gets to see my garage yeah see <laughs> all this <laughs> All this blurred stuff. In twelve network.com. Can I get up closer so you can see how broken out my face is too? <laughs> Let's just see the vintage. Wait a minute. What is this sweatshirt you're wearing? Ooh, it's got the tertiary blue. That's Except good. for it's not actual vintage. It's from when they re-released it. But still, it's got the tertiary don't have blue. To but yes, cool. it's it's my favorite. Wait, hold on. If we're on if if people can see it, then I'm gonna show you these shoes. Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, people can see it. If they've stuck around this long on YouTube. I made no problem. Say. Look at that. Ooh. Those are freaking awesome. Yeah. Very nice. I, I, I just whipped those out this afternoon. Nice. This, been fun. this really is 10, 12 after dark. Yes, it is. Post show. Well, it's after dark. It's, it's late. Thank you to all of our guests for this loaded show. Uh, thank you for everybody who stuck around this long. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday to talk softball. We'll be back next Monday to talk lots of hoops. We've got lots of hoops to talk about. Andy and JSJ will be here, I assume. We'll talk about it in text later on. And uh, to the uh, to the next 500, folks. Podcast Network.